scriptures this morning. Uh, I want to take you to 2 Kings and give you a, a, an outline of some things that were taking place here in 2 Kings. And probably, maybe you can apply this to your life this morning. I hear uh, story after story, I, you know, where there's calls coming in that people need prayer, you know, the situation is dire, and, um, and a lot of things are happening, and, you know, we as a church need to be uh, ready to go into prayer at any time. Sometimes I understand it's difficult, it's not convenient, it's not really what you want to do. Uh, at a certain point in time, but you got to be prepared to be able to uh, call upon the name of the Lord at any given time and stand in the gap, amen, because you never know when you're going to be called upon, and you may be the one that is uh, literally uh, standing in defense of somebody between the life and death situation, amen. So I want to take you real quickly to a situation here in Second Kings chapter 18, and we're going to read a little bit about King Hezekiah, a little bit about King Hezekiah. Now I'm going to kind of abbreviate this a little bit and condense it down because there's a lot of scriptures I want to, well, I don't want to scare anybody. There's several scriptures I want to get to this morning, amen. But let's start in verse 18. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became, became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abai, if I'm pronouncing that right, and daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that is father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it. All right. Now, the Bible says that Hezekiah became king at the age of 25 years old, and he did what was right in the sight of God. Amen. He began to tear down the high places, broke the wooden images, and, and uh, began to clean house, so to speak. Amen. He did as his father David had done. Amen. And you see King Hezekiah will be referred to as a good king of Israel. Israel had good kings. They had bad kings. Some, some were very, very bad kings. Amen. But in the time of Hezekiah, we're going to read here real quickly because I want to bring you to a point that may apply to your life and your situation or maybe it applies to somebody else's life that you know that they're, they're going through something right now. Amen. And so I want to take you to this and we're going to go to uh, Second Kings. We'll probably go to the uh, book of Isaiah just a little bit and uh, touch on the uh, the New Testament just a little bit, maybe in the book of Mark, but I want to get through this. So we see here, the Bible says in verse 5, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him, okay? And that's verse 5. Verse 6 says, For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. Now, the king of Assyria is going to play an important part of the story we're about to relate here. Amen. So the Bible says that Hezekiah was a good king. He was a king that did what was right in the side of the Lord. He sought after God. He tried to keep the commandments of God. He did everything that he knew that was right in God's eyes. Amen. Everybody with me? He was trying his very best to do and be a good person or a good king. 
and done what was right in the sight of God. The Bible says he did not honor the king of Assyria. Now, at this time, Assyria was a very powerful nation and one that had begun to go out and conquer other kingdoms or other, other countries, if you will. And we see now that Hezekiah, in doing what was right, sometimes it's not always easy to do what's right according to God's word. And sometimes when you do what's right, and there's unintended consequences, if you will. Because when you do what's right in the sight of God, sometimes other people will not like it sometimes it will upset the apple cart amen sometimes you will stir emotion without even trying to amen but you will get people's dander up just simply by speaking the name of Jesus amen you can say well I'll be praying for you and those simple words will have one or of two reactions either people will accept it and say I appreciate that or they will tell you flat out I don't want you to pray for me and you will cause a stink right off the bat amen everybody with me and understand what we're talking about this morning all right so the Bible says that he prospered, the Lord prospered him, was with him, and he prospered him in verse 7, wherever he went. He re, uh, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He would not bow his knee to the king of Assyria. All right? And it says, and it came to pass in the fourth year, the king Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Eli, king of Israel, that Shalmanazar, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. Now I'm going to kind of condense this a little bit. So things began to happen. And the king of Assyria came up and said, you know what? I want you to serve me. I want you to pay taxes to me. I want you to be my servant. And I want you not to do your own thing but I want you to do what I tell you to do, basically. All right? And Hezekiah said, you know what? I don't think I want to do that. I don't think I want to do that. Let's skip down to verse 17 here. It says, Then the king of Assyria sent the uh, Tartan, the Rabsaris, and the Rabshaka from Lachish with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. Now, you have to understand that every army that Assyria came against, they defeated. Nobody was able to withstand the king of Assyria. They conquered every body that they came up against. Everybody that they came up against. None was with, with, uh, able to withstand this king. And it says, when they had come up, they went and stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to Fuller's Field. And when they had called to the king, Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. Then the Rabshakeh, am I pronouncing that Rabshakeh, however you pronounce that, said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king of Assyria, what confidence is this in which you trust? 
You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Sometimes we as Christians boast great things. And sometimes they're just empty words. And the king of Assyria here is calling out Hezekiah and says, you speak great things and you speak with great power, but I'm not sure you can back it up. Sometimes you'll come to church on Sundays and you'll speak great things and we'll speak with great power. And the enemy will come on Monday and say, I'm not sure you can back it up. And we speak great things and we speak with great power, but sometimes we are actually speaking mere words because we lack the confidence truly that God's going to back it up. Everybody with me? We speak those things, but we don't necessarily believe those things. Everybody with me? And sometimes the enemy will call you out. And he'll say, I'm not sure you really believe what you say you believe. And he will put you to the test and say, I'm going to find out if you truly believe what you say you believe. Everybody with me? Verse 21 says, Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt, on which if man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. So the king of Assyria is saying, Look, you're, you're putting your faith in a king that has no power. You're putting your faith and trust in somebody, but when trouble actually comes, they're not going to be there. See, that's one of the dangers of putting your trust and your confidence into a man or a woman. Put your trust in God. Put your faith in Christ alone. People are good, but people will let you down. Not always intended, sometimes unintended, but God will never let you down. Okay? In verse 22, it says, But if you say to me, We trust in the Lord our God, is it not He? whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away? 
and said to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. I want you to understand what's taking place here. He's saying, if you're putting your trust in man, that man's going to fail you. If you're putting your trust in God, I'm not sure God's going to be there when you call on him. But he says, look, I'll give you 2,000 horses. And if you've got enough men to ride them, then great. Get, I want you to understand the meaning of what's taking place. And let's skip down to verse 25. How... Uh, excuse me, have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shibna, and Joaz uh, said to the Rabshakeh, uh, please speak to your servants in Aramaic that we understand it and do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. So these guys, these Israelites are saying, hey, don't talk to us in our Hebrew tongue, talk to us in your tongue because we don't want the people up here to understand or hear what's happening. Everybody with me? Don't want the people behind us to understand. So talk to us and speak to us in your language so that the people won't really know what's going on. Oh, I could go places here. I ain't got time. I want to skip down because I, I, for the sake of time, I want to skip down. Let's skip down to verse uh, 35. Let's skip down to verse 35, uh, 2 Kings 18, verse 35. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, do not answer him. The king gave a command, do not answer this man. And so nobody spoke a word. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Ramshakeh. So the word was given, I want you to surrender everything you've got, basically. They had a whole army, Assyria sent a whole army to surround Judah at this time. The word came to Hezekiah, you're about to be defeated. You're about to be defeated. The whole Syrian army is against you, and you're about to be defeated. Amen. Listen, the enemy will bring news. The enemy will try to bring you news that you're about to be defeated. The enemy will bring you news that, hey, something's going on. Your bank account, your health, your this, your family, whatever it is, that something you're about to be defeated. That seems like the whole world is against you at this time, amen. And it seems like you've got nobody to turn to and the enemy's shouting as loud as he can. It doesn't matter who you call upon. They're not going to be able to deliver you out of my hand. I've got you right now where I want you, amen. And you 
you cannot be delivered. Amen. And so the enemy will try to put it in your head and try to... You know, fear is one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has to use. He will try to shock you and awe you, if you will, into submission even before the battle is ever fought. He will try to get you to submit even before the battle is even fought. And that's what the king of Assyria is doing here to Hezekiah and the people. He's saying, look, you don't stand a chance against me. What chance do you have? If you send out an army against me, I'll defeat him. If you call upon the king of Egypt, he's like a broken staff in the hand. You've already taken down the altars of your God. And it's, where is God? And all these other countries had their gods and they didn't save them out of my hand. Do you think, you think you're foolish enough to believe that your God will now save you? That's what the message that was sent. And that's the message you hear a lot of times. Amen? Do you really believe God is able? Do you really believe that God can? The enemy will try to, to persuade you to concede before the, before the battle ever begins. He will try to get you to concede and yield. I want to skip once again for uh, brevity's sake. Uh, in verse 14, uh, we're going to be in uh, chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 14. It says, and Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it. Before. Now, you understand, we just read back over in verse 18, Hezekiah was a good man. Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Hezekiah was sold out to God. Hezekiah tore down the altars. Hezekiah burned the wooden images. Hezekiah did everything that was right in the sight of God. And the Bible, and and in verse eighteen or in chapter eighteen, it says that God prospered him, God blessed him, and God's hand was upon him. And now Hezekiah finds himself surrounded by a great army. And the king of that army is saying, you need to go ahead and surrender right now because don't even think that your God can save you. Don't think that you can call from help from anybody. How many understand what I'm talking about here this morning? You've done what you believed is right and you think, well, I'm trying my very best to serve God. I'm trying everything with all my strength and all my power to do what's right and, and, and serve God. I can see Hezekiah. Hezekiah standing there saying, God, uh, you've, you've blessed me. You've prospered me. Where are you? How come you're not hearing me? Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? What's happening here? Can you not hear? Can you not see? Can you not decipher what's going on? Everybody understand what I'm talking about? And the Bible says that Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord. <clears throat> 
And he spread it before the Lord. The Bible says he took those letters and he spread them out before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherub, you are God, uh, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, uh, which he has sent to reproach the living. God truly Lord the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations uh, 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 and their um, the, and their lands and he goes on to say and have cast their gods into the fire for they were not gods but the work of men's hands wood and stone therefore they destroyed them now therefore O Lord our God I pray save us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God you alone sometimes you need to take your petition if you will and stretch it out before the Lord and begin to pray, God, this is my problem. God, I want you to see this problem. Lord, can't you see it? Lord, can't you hear the cry of my heart today? Amen. The Bible over in Isaiah chapter 43, we may go there. Over in chapter 43 of Isaiah it says, put the Lord in remembrance. That's what I, uh, has, uh, Hezekiah is doing here. He's putting God in remembrance of what God had done in the past for the children of Israel, for what God had done for him alone. He's putting God in remembrance of, of his word and saying, God, hear me now. I don't have time to get into all this. I want to skip over to verse 35. I want you to read this when you get home. Read chapters 18 and 19. And I want you to read that and have an understanding of it. Verse 35 says, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. God heard the cries. I want you to get this today, folks. God heard the cry and the plea of Hezekiah as Hezekiah took that, uh, that, that uh, petition. And he stretched it out before the Lord. And he said, Lord, look at what they're saying. Look at what they're about to do. Sometimes you need to take those papers and find you a place and stretch them out and say, God, this is the report that I'm getting. Amen. This is what the doctors have said. This is what the bank has said. This is what the, the family counselor has said. Amen. But God I know that you're able, amen to do far exceedingly more than I can ask or even think, God. Now Father I ask in Jesus' name will you not intervene in this situation? Amen. And the Bible says that God heard the, the cry of Hezekiah and he sent one angel down. 
one angel came down with sword drawn and he defeated a hundred and he slew a hundred and eighty-five thousand of the army of Assyria in a single night, amen. The window when the people woke up and said, Hey, what's going on? The Assyrian army had suddenly left. What can you God do here today? Your God can do more than you can ask or think. I want you to have an understanding. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 43 real quickly. I'm going to get you guys gone. Isaiah chapter 43 real quickly. And I'm going to take you to one other scripture. But I want you to have an understanding this morning. That God is able. Amen. No matter what is being thrown at you. Amen. Know that God is your defender. Amen. God is the one who has redeemed you. God is the one that when you pray. God hears you. I assure you this morning. Your God hears you when you pray. Amen. Over in Isaiah chapter 43, it says in verse 1, But now says uh, the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine, the Lord says. The Lord would tell you this morning that he has called you by name and that you are his this morning, amen. You are the most highs this morning, amen. He says that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, amen. He's saying that when you go through your problems and your troubles, God says, I will be there with you you amen and he says and through the rivers they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned the word of the Lord says this morning nor shall the flame scorch you he says that for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel your Savior I gave Egypt for your ransom Ethiopia and Seba in your place since you were precious in my sight you have been honored, the Lord would say unto you today. And I have loved you. Amen. Therefore I give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, the Lord would say unto you today in verse 5. For I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not keep them. Amen. And I will tell you as of today... This passage in Isaiah has been fulfilled for the children of Israel. Amen. Israel was not even a nation prior to 1948. Amen. Israel did not exist. Amen. After the destruction of the temple in AD 70 by Rome. Amen. The children of Israel were dispersed all throughout Europe. And all throughout the Middle East, amen. Over into the lands of Russia. All throughout the, the countries of Europe, amen. All over. The people of Israel were scattered all over. And the land was left vacant. And it was assumed uh, uh, by the Palestinians and by others there, amen. And God says, you know what, here. He says, when it's time, my people, I will call you out of the east. And I will call you out of the west. I will speak to the north that the north shall let you go free. Amen. And you're, you have lived that in your lifetime. 
The word of the Lord has come to pass. And Israel was once again a nation in 1948. And in that time, since that time, 1948, you've seen Israel prosper as a nation. Amen. Become one of the mightiest nations on the face of this earth. Amen. And even the land of Russia had to give up the people. Amen. That were of Jewish descent. And they're now returning home. Still as we speak, the Jews are returning home. God's word will be fulfilled. It continues on. It says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed you, him. Yes, I have made him. Verse 8. I love verse 8 and verse 9 here. It says, bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who are among them. Uh, who are among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say, it is truth. It is truth. Amen. I tell you this morning, it is truth this morning. God's word is truth this morning. Amen. The Bible says over in Mark chapter 16 that we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I say it is truth this morning. Amen. We're supposed to speak to the demons and cast them out. I say this morning, it is truth this morning. Amen. We we are to call those things that are not as though they are. I say this morning, it is truth this morning. Amen. God says that in the end days that we shall do greater works. Jesus says, I go to the Father. And if I go to the Father that you're going to do greater works than what I have done. I say that it is truth this morning. Amen. All you have to do is believe it. Not because I said it, but because God's word says it. God's word will come to pass. It is truth this morning. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. We were healed. The Bible says in 1 Peter, uh, we were healed by his stripes. It is truth this morning. We've got to get it from here to here. And sometimes we've got to get it from here to here. Because the enemy is going to try to strike and bring you down. And just as he spoke to Jesus, did God really say that? Or as he spoke to, to Eve, I'm sorry. Did God really say that? Did God really say When you partook of that fruit. Is that what he really said? And the enemy came to Jesus. And every time Jesus responded. He responded it is written. It is written. It is written that I'm healed. It is written that I will prosper. It is written 
that I shall be the head and not the tail. It is written that I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. It is written that I'll be the lender and not the borrower. It is written, amen, that, 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 that God loves me and God is for me and God is with me, amen. It is written that I am victorious, amen. It is written that I am more than a conqueror. It is written, amen, go and find in the Bible something that applies to your life and begin to speak. It is written, amen. I am more than a conqueror this morning through Christ Jesus. It is written in that book, amen. It is written that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus this morning, amen. It is written that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life this morning. Verse 25 and 26, I want to close here. Verse 25 and 26, I, even I... Am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will I will not remember your sins. I I encourage you to read these passages of scripture that I'm giving you this morning. Go to Isaiah 43. Read Isaiah chapter 43. Go to Second uh, uh, Kings verse 18 and 19 and read those chapters and see what God's word says in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trial, in the midst of where it seems like ultimate defeat, in the midst of where it seems like there's no victory and victory cannot come out of this. Find out what God's word says and see how those people in those situations begin to apply the word of God. Amen. And see what the result happened or what transpired after that. Amen. But it says here in verse 26, put me in remembrance. God's word says, put me in remembrance. God, sometimes we got to put, that's what Hezekiah did. He put God in remembrance of, of what had taken place prior. He put God in remembrance of what his promises were to David and to the people amen he put God in remembrance of those things and he says here he says let us contend together state your case that you may be acquitted state your case that you may be acquitted how's that read in the old it says let uh, put me in remembrance let us plead together declare thou that thou mayest be justified amen that thou mayest be justified amen God is a righteous judge and he sits upon the throne right now as he as we speak and he judges over mankind there's a courtroom literal courtroom in the kingdom of heaven amen and one day each of us will go before the great judge and we will have to plead our case case but I thank God that when I get there amen and because of the grace and the mercy and the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ that when I stand before that throne of judgment amen I will have an advocate already there in place amen that will plead my case for me I'm going to leave you with this. Mark uh, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Now we're getting to the time of Passover here real quickly. Jesus has made his entry. And now we come to verse 12. It says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. 
and seeing afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. All right. We all have heard this story, this parable, if you will. Well, it's not really a parable. It's a story. It's an actual event. And so then on, on verses 15 through 19, we see Jesus going into the temple. We see Jesus uh, overthrowing the money changers' tables and driving out those, uh, at, you know, in his father's house there. Now in verse 20, let's come back to where we left off in verse 20. So after those things, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. First words was have faith in God. Hezekiah had faith in God. When all others, you know, in the midst of your trials and your tribulation, in the midst of your problems, just as Job found out, you're going to have people come and say, well, you must have done something. You must, you must have done something. And just also with Job, you're going to have people come and say, you know what? Just get it over with. You know, Job's wife, Job, why don't you just curse God, uh, curse God and die? Just get it over with. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have people come and say, why don't you just give in? Why don't you just surrender? Why don't you just do what they want you to do? Why don't you just say what they want you to say? Why don't you just act like they want you to act? Why don't you, you understand what I'm saying? Why it'd be so much easier if you just give in. So much easier if you just, you know, let that God thing go for a while and just give in. It'd be so much, you, you, see, you understand what I'm saying? It'd be so much easier to do that. Just surrender, Hezekiah. We'll all live. We'll live as slaves, but we'll all live. So much easier. You, you will always find odd, one oddball in the whole bunch. You will always find that one person that will be unwilling to surrender. You will always find that one person that makes your life miserable because, and you might be that person that tries to, but, but you, you understand what I'm saying? To where everybody else is just saying, let's just give in, and you're saying no. And he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, 
and does not doubt in his heart, but, leave, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus told them, have faith in God. And then he says that you'll be able to speak to the mountain and cast it into the sea or speak to your problem and say, problem, get out of here. Whatever that problem may be. The Bible says, what if you, if you don't doubt in your heart, if you have faith in God, you don't doubt. He says, you can speak to that issue and then hold fast that God is faithful to make the results come to pass. Hezekiah held firm to, believe, to the belief that God was able to save them out of the hand of the Assyrian army. And one night, one angel slew 185,000 of the Assyrian army. Have, I'm, what I'm telling you is put your trust and your faith in God. God is able to move whatever mountain is in your life. And if case need be, he is able to send an angel to take care of that problem. You will see example after example where God sent an angel to intervene in situations. Peter was in prison and God sent an angel. Others have been in situations and God sent an angel. Bible says we have not because we ask not or that when we do ask, we ask amiss. I don't have time to get into that a whole lot. But here he says what you've seen happen. Jesus said what you've seen with that fig tree He said, you're, you're able to do the same thing. He said, have faith in God. Amen. I want you to put your faith and trust in God this morning. No matter what the situation. No matter what the report. Put your faith and trust in God. Bible says in Hebrews that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I, I would love to be able to break that down. I won't this morning. But I want you to start trusting God in every situation for yourself and for others. We live in the day and the time Folks, 
I mean, I'm going to, I'm not, I don't want to get political. This is not political. This is not about anything other than this is just a fact of what's going on. We live in a day now. Uh, the police officer from McAllister, everybody heard about him? The man, he was, I think he was 52 years old. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because you're going to hear things and see things that you will not understand. And you're hearing more and more cases of people that are saying are dying suddenly. When they, in the past, they say died of heart disease, died of a heart attack, died of this, died of... It is now, die, dying suddenly has now become one of the fastest causes of death. My, ben, I, I looked at Ben because Ben under, understands a lot of what I'm saying sometimes. The cause of death is died suddenly. That's the cause of death. Okay. Somebody explain to me what is su what suddenly. The, the police officer from McAllister, that was his cause of death, died suddenly. Actor... Uh, 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 that uh, um, just passed away, uh, forget his name now, he was on some of the John Wick movies, uh, 60 years old, died suddenly. That was his cause of death, died suddenly. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm not trying to get political, I'm not trying to get anything. Ben, you look like you want to say something? Yeah, okay, they're calling him suddenly, 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 suddenly. Yeah. 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 And, and so what I'm, what I'm telling you is you're going to start to hear things and, and, and people are going to start calling you and you've got to be ready to stand in the gap. You've got to be ready to stand in the gap. All right? And don't get hung up on the suddenly thing. I'm just saying that you're going to start hearing more and more of this. That, and that's what they're That's their... their uh, Description of the cause of death is died suddenly. Yeah. And you're, you're, hear, you're hearing these reports come in and in and in. Uh, go ahead, Jenny. I mean, you're, you're starting to hear more and more of these things come about. Yeah. And so you're, you're hearing these things. And so, I mean, this, this is becoming a real thing. All right. But what I'm telling you is you're going to begin to start hearing things that where it's going to be as the king of Assyria is knocking outside your door saying, is your God really able to help you? And you need to be able to stand up and say, yes, my God is on the case. My God is on the scene. Does that make sense to everyone? Amen. Everybody with me? I, I know I kind of got sidetracked there just a little bit. But I want you to understand that no matter what the problem may be, you can make your case and petition made uh, known to God. And over in Isaiah, I encourage you, read Isaiah 43. God loves you. God cares for you. God knows you. God says, I will be there with you. When you go through the fire, 
I'll be there with you. When you go through the water, I will be there with you. Amen. I will make sure that you come out on the other side. Amen. That you will get through. God is for you. God is not against you. Amen. Your God loves you enough that he sent his only begotten son to die upon the cross for the remission of your sins. He loved you enough that he took those stripes upon his own flesh. Amen. That you may be healed. Amen. God loves you this morning. And there's nothing over in the psalm says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing and nowhere you can go that will separate you from the love of your Father. Amen. He watches over you. He keeps you. He protects you. Let's all stand this morning. Pastor, you want to close us? God is for you. Amen. And no matter what the situation may look like. Amen. Sometimes I encourage you. Sometimes you may have to take something out and find you a place and stretch it out before the Lord and say, God, this is the report that I'm getting. This is the report that I have. Amen. From whatever the situation may be. And you say, God, now I ask you to intervene in this situation. And I encourage you to get like Hezekiah and, and begin to... See, Hezekiah was also the king that, uh, that they said, you know what? God says you better get your house in order because you're not going to be here much longer. You're not going to be around much longer, Hezekiah. And Hezekiah says... Uh, the, uh, the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he began to pray and he began to seek God. Amen. And God says, you know what, Hezekiah? I think I'm going to give you 15 more... I believe it was 15 more years, wasn't it? 15 more years that I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 15 more years. Amen. So, you know, God is able to do some great and mighty things. And God says, put me in remembrance. Amen. And let us contend together with over these matters. Come to me. God says in Jeremiah chapter 33, he says, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things. Amen. That you know not of. Call upon God and he'll begin to show you things and begin to reveal things to you.